Well, hello and good morning. Today is Monday. Uh, no, it's not Monday. It's Wednesday. I almost said it was Monday, fellas. It's not. It's Wednesday, May the 4th, 2022. That's right. It's Star Wars Day uh, here at uh, Main Point. And I am uh, I'm Jonathan Hendrickson, the associate pastor here at Rose of Sharon Baptist. Join uh, me uh, around the table as uh, the rest of our pastoral staff. We've got Jeremiah Custer to my left. Uh, here's our youth pastor. Jeff McCarthy is to my right. He's our senior pastor. And straight ahead of me is Blake Flincham, our children's pastor. Yeah, boys, today is Star Wars Day. And uh, I'm, I'm just going to say, favorite Star Wars movie? Have you guys seen Star Wars? All of oh, you? Oh, yeah. I love Star Wars. You love Star Wars? I like Star Wars. <laughs> I think my favorite still is Empire Strikes Back. It's like my favorite. The very first one? No, it's, just, it's the second one that, that came out. It was, the, it was the one that basically made it look like the bad guys were going to win at the end. But it's the... It's the. What was the first one? The first one is uh, New Hope. New that's Hope. that's the one that was first released. It's actually episode four. I'm showing my nerd them here. I just thought it was just called Star Wars. The first one is Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one. That's yes. probably my favorite. I that grew, one is your favorite. I grew up on Revenge of the Sith. So. Revenge oh, of the Sith. But my favorite is uh, Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi. That's a good one. I actually like that. Jeremiah? Uh, same Return of the Jedi, then maybe Empire Strikes Back, and then actually the uh, I can't I never can remember the name, but it's the the one in between the two sequels. The one in between the two prequels, you mean, or the no the the newest ones? The one in between the prequel and the sequel, the number four. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know what? It's the Star one. Wars is kind of like reading First and Second Kings and First and Second Chronicles <laughs> and figuring out what in the world is this about. Actually, you know what? There's more truth to that than you realize. Because, That's true. Because the thing about Kings and Chronicles yeah. is it's the same story being told twice. Yeah. And, uh, and out of order and stuff. Any, like anymore. That. <laughs> uh, like the when they re, when they redid these uh, or they did the three newest ones, they were th- that first one they did was basically just a retelling of episode four. Mm. It was just in the new new with new characters. All right, well enough of that. I <clears throat> I just I, I thought I would throw it out there. You'll remember the name of it later, Jeremy. May the fourth be with you all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So anyway, uh, we're here to talk today about the uh, the Sunny Message, and um, this is um, we, we've been doing a semi-sermon series here with Jeff um, as he's been going through and, and sort of relating back to us some of the things, some of the insights he had during his time away when he was dealing with um, a lot of different tragic events in one year. Uh, we, we've talked about that a lot on this podcast that, that of course, uh, they fell into his quadricep and had to have surgery on that and that was a long recovery. And then on top of that, then the same year, he lost his mother and his two brothers. And so... There was a whole lot of soul searching and reflection and those kinds of things uh, in the midst of all that. And he's been sharing that with us through his sermons. And um, uh, we've enjoyed talking about those things and talking about them a little bit more in depth in, in this podcast. Um, so today, I think we're looking at the final one of these. And, um, and in, this, uh, in this particular message, um, the title was just simply Bitterness, Bitterness. Um, and the text you used, Jeff, was a Hebrews twelve fifteen. I'm just mm-hmm. going to look at that real quick here. I have this in the NKJV <clears throat> because that's what you started off with. Um, looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. Um, of course, this is in the context of the same chapter that we were looking at last week when we were talking um, Hebrews 12. So... Um, there's a lot we could talk about here. Um, for starters, I, I want to, I just kind of want to get into, um, I think there's a different, I think there are ways to look at that word bitterness. Um, and, and there are ways to define that term. Um, and cause it can mean a lot of different things. It, like, I think because, because the author here is using terms that in some ways are poetic, Right root of bitterness that's not that's not a concrete thing that's more of a, a, a poetic language so whenever somebody uses poetic language or you know that sort of rhetoric then it's kind of up to us to sort of figure out or parse out or unpack okay what do they mean when they're saying that you know if i say for instance you know the 
the you know the the ocean of sky you know that you know you're like okay well what exactly does he mean by that right what, what why is he what why is he saying it's the ocean of sky what what, what does he mean by that is he talking about how big it is he's talking about the color of it that sort of thing right and sometimes with poetry like this, sometimes it's it's not a single singular meaning at all, and it can be left up to the individual to interpret. And so, let's talk a little bit here about this idea of the root of bitterness. All right. Um, so, looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness, since bitterness is the, at the heart of this particular message. Um, after all, it's the title of the message. So let's talk first off. What, what does he mean when he's talking about the root of bitterness, guys? Um, I'll give you something we can discuss for a second. Um, so actually, the ESV, and I thought other versions did, but I guess not. I'm I'm trying to look through my run them through. I'll look real quick too. But uh, it actually in verse 15 where it says "root of bitterness," it's mm-hmm. put in quotations. Mm. Like the root of bitterness. So is he quoting somebody? Yeah, well, Deuteronomy. That's, the, I, I reference that in the, I think the third point. Yeah, but I was <clears throat> I was kind of hoping more translations did that because I I think that helps us define what it means. What what like if you find the original because clearly he's referencing. I think he's referencing something from the Old Testament. You say, and I agree. I a hundred percent agree that he's referencing. Something that's already been brought up in the Old Testament, that root of bitterness. And that wouldn't be unusual for the author of Hebrews, because no. probably more so than any other no. writer in the New Testament, he quotes extensively the Old Testament. Um, go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off there, though. Uh, I mean, that was that's it. I was just wondering what, what y'all thought the significance might be of that. Um, well, okay, so if that's the case, then let's just go ahead. And you said it. You said you think it's from Deuteronomy, there, Jeff. Well, that's what all the commentaries and everybody was pointing uh, back. Deuteronomy twenty nine eighteen. Twenty nine eighteen. Yeah. Okay. So and this, he makes the covenant with the people, warns them not to when you go into the land, don't don't chase after false gods. But if you do, then this root of bitterness can grow up. And poison many people. Right. So it says, I'm making this covenant with you so that this is the NLT version here. I think it's what you have. I'm making this covenant with you so that no one among you, no man, woman, clan, or tribe, will turn away from the Lord our God to worship these gods of other nations. And so that no root among you bears bitter and poisonous fruit. Right. That no root among you. And then with the story, we know that's what happens. And I think I quoted. Uh, uh, Later on, I quoted, uh, I think Isaiah maybe or somebody. So yeah, Jeremiah. Yeah, Jeremiah. Where it says your own conduct and actions brought this on you. This is your punishment. How bitter it is. How it pierces your heart. So God was giving them a warning, and basically the writer of Hebrews is giving a warning too. If you if you turn away from God and worship other gods, bitterness can spread. It happens. Jeremiah says this is a result of so, the sin. And so now that Hebrews, then the root of bitterness is like if you turn away from Christ back to Judaism, then you're taking, you know, you're doing it for the wrong reasons and perhaps then bitterness can, you know, people can be bitter towards you because you went or you can cause the people that now, now you were a Christian, now you're not, that that bitterness can spread there. So I think it's just the whole idea of now they're following Jesus, which is the way, the truth, the life, Mm -hmm. to go back to, um, the so, Old Testament would be idolatry, basically. <coughs> so, you, so, so that, so that, what he's saying here then is that the the the, the sin of of, of um, turning to other gods, putting our faith and trust in other gods, can lead to or or might or or turning lead, away from the true God to whatever you're going to turn to. Right, will lead, lead, lead to bitterness. Will lead to. Uh, Bitter and poisonous fruit, or in, in the NIV, Jeff, I think you had, uh, produces bitter poison. Yeah. So, um, again, I want to I want to kind of, does that mean, is he referencing quality of life here? Is he like saying, okay, well, the, this if you do this, it's going to lead to tragic events in your life? Is he saying this can lead to, because sometimes I think it's what we think of when we think bitter, right? Well, Bitterness. it's just that when things happen to you, you have a choice. Are you going to be bitter about it, or are you going but, to? Uh, well, I understand what you're saying there, yeah. but I think here though he's he's 
he's not talking about necessarily a choice. He's saying you do these things and you're going to produce. Well, it says bitterness. Uh, if uh, well, it's a warning and it's a less, so it's kind of conditional. That if you, you you don't you don't accept God's grace, then this root of bitterness could spring up and cause trouble, and then many people can be defiled. So mm-hmm. it's it's kind of like uh, it's like when you discipline your kids and say, if you do this, this is going to happen, but they do it anyway, and it happens. Sure. So sure. it's kind of like what I think the writer of Hebrews is saying is like if you look at the past, it happened. And of course, he gives Esau's example two verses over, but I didn't go into all that. Right. Esau, but he's basically saying if you're a Christian and you go. Uh, back into um, the Old Testament, then you you are the Esau in this story. You're not the Jacob in this story, right? So so you it, he he was bitter because he didn't like the covenant, the blessing. He gave it up, and then he was bitter at the end because he wanted the blessing, and then he saw that his, he wasn't going to get the blessing. Mm-hmm. And so then he did. He got married with uh, uh, foreign wives because he knew his mom and dad didn't like that, right? And uh, of course, in the 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 greater in this story. He didn't let his bitterness eat him up, but his his descendants did because mm-hmm. he accepted Jacob. But then, when the Israelites came from from Egypt, Esau, all of his descendants were bitter the towards them. Yeah. So there's a whole lot of theological stuff there. I didn't delve into it because right. I was primarily uh, using it as as we in our lives today. We're not facing persecution, or but there are things that happen in a church, which dovetail the message before that. If you're not careful, you can become bitter against God or bitter against what happened, and then that's going to spread to other people. Right. Bitter so, so to go back to what I'm saying though, is is bitterness itself is that is that a, a, uh, an effect right that, that's produced, or is that an attitude, or is it? Um, it you get what I'm saying? Is bitterness yeah. a consequence? Is bitterness an attitude? Is it both and? Probably both Um, You know, Jeremiah? Yeah, I think from this text and the Deuteronomy text, it, it to me it's clear that this root of bitterness is the root of bitterness, meaning that the root of bitterness is a precursor to, I think, what Jeff was kind of focusing on, which was the bitterness. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that root of bitterness is just a way of saying sin in general mm. from the Old Testament. I think it's it means sin, that there's, there's this root of bitterness, which makes sense with what you just said about Esau, because um, it talks about he he wasn't he wanted to later to to receive the blessing or to receive the inheritance. And he couldn't. Um, and it, and they blame the root of bitterness. And I think he. He puts the root of bitterness in opposition to obtaining the grace of God. So Mm -hmm. you either have two things you're kind of choosing from. You can choose the grace of God or you can choose the sin or the bitterness. You can remain in your sin. And so I think that the root of bitterness, which is sin just in general, Mm -hmm. from both this passage and Deuteronomy, leads to bitterness. Mm. But so then, then it is a both and. Kind it of is both and, but then you've got to ask the question, does that mean those who have obtained the grace of God, how, how is it that they fall back into bitterness? Mm-hmm. How is it that they fall back well, into... Because I don't think it was... I don't think when he's talking about falling from the grace of God and all the commentaries and things that I read uh, that are the solid ones, they're not talking about losing, losing salvation. This yeah, is I would the never grace say that that's all. No, I certainly don't think it's so. That's what I call grace. grace for living. And so, so you've been offered grace through Jesus Christ, but yet in order to escape persecution, or I'm upset now because my family kicked me out, or whatever it was, and I'm going to go back now, refuse that grace, or the grace that's available to me to live my life and make it through all this persecution to go back into this in order to escape it. Yeah. Then. Now I don't, have, you know, I'm, now I'm cut off from my church family. But now I'm in this. Now I'm now I'm under the law again. Mm. Yeah. So, so I think and the, and the whole thing has a lot right, to do. The whole context of Hebrews, right? You would stay in and persevere. Yeah, you're 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 going through all this stuff. But look what the grace. Look, God's going to get you through if you just, you know, look look at looking into Jesus, everything He suffered, you know, pointing us back to Him, so that you don't get. Trapped in bitterness. Right. The, the author of Hebrews is clearly doing that, right? Yes. He's, he, he, he's, he's talking to persecuted believers 
who are, because of persecution, are tempted to go back to Judaism. So I'm trying to apply it to us in a situation today because we're not really, you know, facing persecution right. in ways that... Not, not persecution the way they were. No, sure, sure, sure. But there's still, um, I guess one could say that we're being persecuted in the sense of... Um, well, just we, if something happens to you, just, you blame God. You can be bitter yeah. and teach Sunday school every week and not... You're not. It's not coming from a grace point of view. Maybe it's coming through legalism or punishment, and all that's coming out. That's that's yeah. kind of what I was getting at. That if we right. if we're not careful, then th- this could happen to you. Sure, sure. And, and I think I think I think key to this, guys, is exactly what you were just saying a minute ago, Jeremiah. I think key to this is that bitterness is is I would think bitterness is like Jeff said, an attitude. That root of bitterness is sin. And so when we allow sin, whatever, right, to, to um, take root in us, to, to, uh, to have its way, when we give in to sin, it will cause bitterness yeah. to, to, to be produced. Instead of, I mean, th- this, is, um, this is fruit of the Spirit 101, oh, right? Wow. I mean, that's kind of what he's getting at when he's talking about the fruits of the Spirit, that they produce all these good things, Blake, not, but bitter, the root of bitterness, sin, is going to produce other things, the opposite of those things. And um, so I guess the question then, Blake, would be, and, and it seems that we, we've kind of already touched on this answer, but just clarify it for our listeners. Um, I guess the question then would be, can someone who has the Spirit, has the Spirit of God living in them, um, who clearly then can bear fruit of the Spirit, um, do you believe, Blake, they can also bear fruit opposite the Spirit? Can they still bear fruit that's not of the Spirit? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think they can't. You, you shouldn't be, and you should reflect on those patterns that are not fruit-bearing in your life in the good ways. Because you do still kind of struggle with the old man until in you, the uh, the you before you were saved. You do struggle with that, and you will struggle with that until the day that, you know, you go into glory. But that doesn't give you a right to let that fester. It doesn't give you a right to um, uh, hold bitterness feelings or anything like that. It doesn't give you permission to sin because mm-hmm. um, you obviously need to repent of that and uh allow Christ to sanctify you in that. Yeah, uh, to be clear, yes, you can still struggle with that and you can still do those stuff. doesn't make it right, though. doesn't make it right, and if you are struggling with that, you need to address it and repent of it. Right. And so maybe, Jeff, what, this first point that you were getting at is, 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 is pointing towards what, what Blake just outlined, is that because um, when you say that bitterness can keep us from experiencing God's grace, there clearly has to be some clarification here. You've already pointed that out in the, even in this podcast. And when we're looking at the first part of verse 15, looking carefully lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, we'll be very careful here mm-hmm. in saying that we at least is, 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 you know, when we the four of us look at this, we don't think of that as, as falling short of salvific grace or saving grace. Um, but clearly, then we can't just write this off and say, "Well, it doesn't mean that you're going to, you know, um, the, the, you know, it's that." Well, it's like you know, I've known people that, uh, in fact, when we walked out in the graveyard a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. uh, I pointed out a couple of instances where someone lost a whole family and they were buried next to them, but the person from that point on was bitter about it, never came back to church basically died outside you know the the fellowship and the consolation and the comfort and everything the other people in the church could have gave her but you know she missed out on that grace those grace gifts that come from god as well as other people and um you know i had to do her funeral you know even though she was technically a member of the church she wasn't a member of the church and so probably it was the bitterness in her life then it kept her from receiving the grace of God that she could have had in her life. Mm. So that would be like an extreme example of someone. Sure. Um, and that's why in our context, we can't really point to persecution, but there are like a divorce, a loss of a job. I mean, there's several things right. that could happen to people. And when those things happen, even for me, I could have said, I'm done with it. 
you know, right. or a lot of pastors during COVID, a lot of pastors walked away from the church said, I'm done with it. Yeah. Um, and so it's not just a layperson thing, it's a pastor thing that we all can like, through circumstances in life say, you know, it's not worth it. But, you know, I pointed out that, you know, Christ took that bitter cup. Uh-huh. And so he offers us a cup of grace and we have to make the choice which one we're going to drink. Sure. You know, we talked about this, uh, I think, some last in the last podcast, but that oftentimes when it's, it's odd, but when we're going through the most difficult times or we see even our, 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 our parishioners and you know, the people in our congregation going through diff- different t- difficult times, that's often the time that we think that they would lean hardest on God, but often what we see happen is just the opposite. We see people say, "No, I'm, I'm, I'm." They drift away from the 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 comfort of the church. They drift away from the support of the church, and it's not even necessary that they were hurt in church, right? They they're just hurt in general, and for whatever reason, they wander away from that 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 the you know. For lack of a better term, yeah, I guess those those grace gifts of God, those, those including the church and, mm-hmm. and, and the support of the church, it's it's interesting that um, that 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 can happen. Now let's say, for example, let's say um, someone in the the Hebrews, where let's put us in that congregation in that context. Let's say someone decides I'm going to go back to the temple, and then, then they come back into the church and say, you know, I did that. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. I want to come back. Now, what is the church going to do? Are they going to open their arms in grace and say, come back? I think probably he's addressing that too, that this this root of bitterness, this thing that could spread, would keep you from even showing grace to someone that left and came back. Right. So there's all kind of, I mean, it is what it is. It's a metaphor. But when you use the metaphor, you can see how it's not just one different, one point. It's like, it could be many multiple points and uh, different ways of looking at it. Yeah, when I even when I think of Jeremiah, the idea of falling short, right? Because mm-hmm. um, we talked about um, the other time that I can think of that 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 terminology being used is Paul uses that right in Romans for all of sin and fall short of the glory of God, right? We yeah. we don't quite make it up to we don't make it up to His glory, and here it's saying we don't quite make it up to His grace, um, but that. <laughs> I'm still, I still struggle with that just a little bit because when I think of God's grace, I think of it in, in terms of this is his gift to us, right? Mm-hmm. So so do, shouldn't it be able then to reach beyond, like, like do, do you get you what I'm saying? I mean, like, do, uh, you get what I'm saying? I mean, shouldn't it be the, the case that it can reach beyond, like, like I, I should never fall short of it because it's God's grace. It should be infinite. So how can I fall short of it? Does, does that make sense? Yeah, but all throughout Scripture, it 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 seems to be clear that there you have like even here, you have to obtain it somehow. It has to be. Yeah, but it's NLT, only effectual. NLT says you fail to receive it, so you still have yeah. To receive it. So you have to you have to obtain it. You have to receive it. Mm. So while it's effective for all or efficient for all it's mm-hmm. not necessarily effective for all it doesn't it doesn't actually affect every every human and that includes sanctifying grace you're saying yeah, right? sanctifying not, just sal- grace. not just not just salvific grace yeah and i think um like i said i mean it talks about this root of bitterness which springs up so it's kind of the start and then it's going to defile some mm-hmm. meaning that that eventually the root of bitterness is going to spring up so much so that uh, when they die, they don't even they don't obtain that 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 grace. So they mm-hmm. don't obtain any grace gifts, even though they were there. They don't receive it. Um, and I, I think um, so. Like Blake was talking about, there's kind of two types of fruits. And I think uh, Jeff even quoted one of the vice lists mm-hmm. that actually listed bitterness, yeah, anger, and slander. Mm-hmm. And I think um, for Christians. Uh, I think that root of bitterness, that that sin nature, while it's been demolished by Christ, it still shows its head sometimes. And so, what I would say is, for a Christian to be bitter, they must they must quench the spirit in order to do so. Mm. Mm. And so, mm. like yes. the fruits of the spirit come when you become a Christian, and 
And bitterness is not one of those fruits. It's not even a root. Yeah. The root cause of, of the fruit of the Spirit is the Spirit or salvation. Yeah. Right? And so I think, I think that's what's kind of happening with the author here, quoting from Deuteronomy. He's trying to kind of show there's, there's this root that's going to well up in you. If you don't get it taken care of, the sin, then uh, you're going to end up living a bitter life. It's going to yeah. produce fruit, one of, them, one of them obviously being bitterness and mm-hmm. anger and malice and division and all those things listed in those vice lists. But, but it, it becomes clear to me if you obtain Christ's salvation, then you receive the Spirit and the Spirit. I think that Christians have to quench the Spirit in order to do well, the vices. And, and I think about that, Jeremiah, and I think what a gift that he's given us that like, like it's anybody on the outside looking in would say, well, you know, once you, once, once you have the Spirit inside, you shouldn't, you know, you should be able to, to, to sin. You shouldn't be able to do any of these things, right? Because it's God's Spirit in you now. You can't, and that's why we have some, honestly, we have some Christian Christian brethren who are in other denominations who actually want to make that claim, who actually will say you know, it's impossible for a true Christian to sin, right? Because it's this idea of yeah. perfectionism. And yet I, I see it and go, no, God still gives us the ability, even as saved people, with His Spirit abiding in us, to willfully quench the Spirit and choose our own path apart from Him. Yeah. What a gift of free will if that you know if, if, if that 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 we have that ability. Not that we should abuse it. I'm not saying that, but just the fact that God loves us enough to allow us that individuality to to say, okay, you're still, you know, I because love isn't love without choice, and so I still, I know you've chosen me. I know you've chosen to surrender your life to me, um, but but I'm not going to force you against your will to to not be bitter. Yeah. Right. So I guess I guess I say that because I think some people think maybe they go through a difficult season and it causes them to get really mad at God and maybe even lash out at God, lash out at the church. And then they think to themselves, I must not be a Christian because if I was a Christian, I couldn't do the things that I just did. And then I want to say to that person, no, no, you can be a Christian and still lash out at God. You can be a Christian and still lash out at the church. You can be a Christian and still disobey God and still disobey the church. But that's just how much God loves you. That he allows you that ability. Now, you're not going to be happy, right? You're going to have bitterness. It's going to, it's going to be tragic. You're not going to have a, a, a satisfied life if you, if you quench, continually quench that spirit. But it doesn't doesn't mean that you're not a Christian. Does that make sense, Blake? What I'm trying to say there? Yeah, no, absolutely. Because um, we're not. Uh, uh, I, to keep it basic, I mean, we are saved by grace through faith, right? And not of not of works. So our works never obtained our faith for us, nor could they ever do away with our faith for us, because we never obtained our faith through the works. So yeah, no. I, I, I'm totally tracking with you. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's look at this. Um, we've kind of talked already about this. With the, well, the before we move on. Oh, no, uh, ahead. I just want to say, like, if Christians, and I think it's clear from Philippians that Christian, Christians can quench the Spirit, mm-hmm. how much easier, right, if you don't even possess the Spirit, oh, sure. could you quench that? And and I think that's just important to, to know. When we talk about salvation, it can get very... Like, how much is God active? How sovereign is He over it? Is, is He forcing us to make decisions we don't even choose? Those, all those kind of questions. But, but thinking about like Christians who can quench the Spirit, we see that. Um, and then you just you think about other people who seem... I mean, I would, I would say the world is just bitter in general. I mean, just... I think the world's just... They're mm-hmm. out against something. I mean, that's cancel culture. It's just, I'm bitter about something... But it doesn't mean to, to, to push back against that a little bit because I was thinking um, certainly we would say that there's a difference in quality between what would you say the opposite of bitterness is satisfaction maybe like if you're uh, or joy right content contentment something. maybe yeah, something like that. Um, but I would say that that yeah. there are n- non-believers right non-Christians who can exhibit um, 
um, non-bitterness, whatever that is, the opposite of bitterness, right? Mm -hmm. I don't think that everybody in the world is destined for bitterness until they become a Christian. Um, or I wouldn't think so. I, mean, I, I think that... that um, yeah, that's true. I mean, like, that's why I would say bitterness... I, th I think what you meant, like, it's been manifested... Yeah, a lot of the root of bitterness. Oh, certainly, certainly. I think that the root of bitterness doesn't have to manifest itself in bitterness. Okay, but that the root of bitterness manifests itself in a bunch of different ways. Sure. So, like the root, the poison. It's mm -hmm. poison in your. I mean, that's the text from uh, Deuteronomy talking about poison, poisonous mm -hmm. fruit. And that's when you look at the translation, they they call the poisonous weed. Yeah. So, right. And well, so it it doesn't necessarily have to manifest itself in bitterness, mm -hmm. but it will necessarily manifest itself in. Just look at the vice lists. I mean, anger, wrath, malice, bitterness, uh, sexual immorality, just all all of those. Well, you know, the way I kind of think of it, guys, is is if you think about it in terms of, I mean, this is obviously coming from an agrarian society, right? So think about it in terms of if you if you have a tree that has some sort of disease and it produces fruit, you know, like it, it may even look like decent fruit, but you taste it and you go, this is not what this is supposed to taste like. Yeah. Right. There's clearly something off from it. Um, it's gone. It's bad. It's not tasty. Yeah. It's not, it's not the best version of itself. Right. Yeah. And so I think that, that perhaps maybe that's the way we should look at this as well. That um, sin, if sin is the root of bitterness, the disease that produces, it produces fruit that is still fruit, but it's not what it should be, mm -hmm. right? It's not what it could be. It, it, it's clearly um, off somehow. It's not the best version of itself. And so... Um, that can be the case even, as Blake said earlier, when we talk about the fruit of the Spirit. Yes, the fruit of the Spirit produces fruit in accordance with the best version of us, right? right. The best version of humanity comes from the fruit of the Spirit. Right. Yeah. Right. right. And so when, when the Spirit is at work, when the, spirit, when, when the roots are in the Spirit and, and, and not in, in bitterness, right, not in sin then we're producing the best version. It's producing the best versions of humanity. Um, but that means that, as we talked about earlier, certainly a, a, a Christian even can produce fruit that's not in accordance with the Spirit, meaning that we can sometimes be the non-best version. You know, we can, some, sometimes it's the case that we allow sin to come in and we're not the best versions of ourselves either. Well, no, um, you could take something like legalism. If you get caught up in legalism, mm -hmm. you're producing a bitter fruit in people's lives. Right. And uh, and I think that's yeah, something that's less than. It's yeah, so than. so now I'm doing all these things as this checkoff list because I want God's grace. So I'm thinking I, if I do all these things, I'm going to obtain God's grace. And like, no, it's given freely for salvation, but it's also given freely to live your life. And I think we, if we're not mm -hmm. careful, we can that can be a bitter fruit in the church as well. That that. That we're just like this checkoff list thing. You know, Jeff, I, as I'm thinking about this, um, I'm thinking too, uh, going back to my Christian counseling, I only took a couple of courses in Christian counseling, but I read massive textbooks during that time. And um, uh, I'm thinking back to some of the, the, the key concepts I learned in that. And, 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 and we've talked a little bit about this before, but... What I think so many people are guilty of doing, and this is true in psychology and especially though in Christian counseling, is that we look at the fruit, the symptoms, and we try to, and people want us to. Mm -hmm. They want us to fix the fruit, but really what we've got to get to is what's is, what's producing that. What is the root? What's the disease that's there that's actually producing that? What's the deeply rooted that? thing in your life? Right, so, 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 you know, if you've got somebody who is... Um, struggling uh, with uh, temptation to start an affair against their against their spouse, and they come to you for counsel. They're like, I, I I'm struggling with this other relationship. I don't know what to do. It's messing everything up. I don't know how to fix it. Fix this. Well, yeah. I mean, there's lots of things you could do. Lots of exercises you could give to to help that person try to 
stay away from, you know, stay away from the, you know, try to rearrange and untie the knot they've got themselves into. But at root, the question is, where is your relationship with Jesus in all this? Right, right. Right? Because if you get that straight, then all the rest of this stuff will begin to untangle itself. Yeah. Um, and I know that sounds trite, and I know it sounds simplistic, but I really think that that's kind of what the author's trying to get at here. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that Blake, the, and I know you've done a lot of studying Christian counseling as well, that if you can get at the root of a problem, which often is straight up the relationship someone has with Jesus, right? Um, that really then all those other symptoms and problems that have birthed themselves out of that, 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 that rotten fruit, that we're talking about that bitter fruit can begin to untangle itself a bit yeah and i like what you said you know a lot of times especially like in christian counseling or just giving advice to somebody a lot of times (laughs) we want to focus on the fruit Mm -hmm. um and that's just that's just the surface level if we're quite honest you know like going back to uh, you know if somebody's struggling with whether or not to have an affair Mm -hmm. um with someone who's not his wife that that's got some deep-rooted issues that yes uh um, the overall root is, I, I mean, idolatry. You know, not mm-hmm. finding satisfaction in God, which produces satisfaction in your marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, with that root, and it's that root there, and then uh, that root can from that. You know, if you're discontent in a place you, uh, where you should be content at, there's so many uh, root sins that um, manifest from not. Uh, having that relationship with God, or going off the path mm-hmm. of your relationship with Jesus, and so that's where uh, that's where you got to focus it. Because if you change the root of it, then the the fruit of it, the uh, the product of it, you know what uh, what a, what comes out from that is going to be different. But if you don't change, but if you don't change what's on the inside, if you don't change like the uh, the bottom line, if you will, then the, the fruit's not going to change. Yeah. So I like what you said there, and I. You gotta change, gotta change what's uh, what the root of it is. Right. Well, I even think about you know your your situation, Jeff. I mean, you you could say you know you could have been very angry and and said all my problems right now. You know, you're angry, you're irritable. You know, your wife doesn't want to be around you. Nobody wants to be around you. You lash out before everybody. I got <laughs> you, you lash out everybody who comes to to see you and stuff. And you're like, and you're and, and I come to you and they go, Jeff, man, what's wrong with you? And you're like, it's this stupid leg, right? Right. It, it's this dumb leg. It, it, it's the source of all my problems. You know, if, 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 I hadn't, if I hadn't messed it up, if it wasn't causing me so much pain, I wouldn't be so angry. I wouldn't be so irritable. And, 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 and that's, our, that's our temptation, right? Our temptation is to say this bitterness is simply because of the circumstances I have right now. Because of my circumstances. Because of my circumstances. Right. Yeah. And say that's the thing is when you're looking at the circumstances – that's on the that's on the surface, but the what he's talking about a root is below the surface, mm. and I kind of used a couple of illustrations mm. from the scripture to show, like with Hannah, mm-hmm. she was bitter, and Eli was like, "What's going on with this lady?" Because you know she was praying, but she wouldn't say anything. Right. And it's like something's wrong with her, and she wanted the son, <laughs> and she thought by having a son that was going to solve her problems, mm-hmm. um, and so she gave her son back to back to God and uh, she would come every year and, and spend time with him. So uh, so Hannah was an example. It was something, it was bitterness of her soul. Mm-hmm. So, so it goes back to what you were saying. Somebody's having an affair, that's one thing, but what's going on deep down inside that caused them, first of all, to even want to even think about having the affair. Yeah. So, so yeah. It, you got to take the deep dive. And then I quoted Job a couple of times and I think I'm going to go back and reread Job from different eyes because everybody always teaches Job is this righteous man and that he never sinned and you know God took all this stuff away. He you know his wife said curse God and die and all he never did and then at the end uh, everything's great again because he gets twice as much family and, twi- and no I think somehow the, the that interpretation of Job is wrong mm. the more I go into Job and I began kind of pushed into it a little bit uh, I think I really need to read Job from a different mm-hmm. lens mm-hmm. because Job is like some of the Psalms he is totally honest with God how he's feeling mm-hmm. 
which you, what you were talking about earlier about somebody's mad at God and all. Right. Good. Read Job and some of the things Job said. I mean, oh, Job sure. says, I can't keep from speaking. I have to express my anguish. My, my bitter soul must complain. Yeah, yeah. So he is complaining to God. Yes. When people say, well, Job never complained. Yes, he did. No, he did. He did. <laughs> and people <laughs> were telling him, they were saying, obviously you've sinned, Job. Right. So something's wrong. They were trying to blame it on his circumstances, which mm-hmm. Job is like looking deeper, like, okay, what's going on here? Right. And um, so... I, th- I think part of the problem then is, all right, if I'm feeling this way and, you know, I'm angry or I'm bitter about something, what is it I'm angry and bitter about? And then how can I be honest with God about it so that now I'm not always angry and bitter about something that mm-hmm. happened to me and I can cope with it or put it behind me or move forward? Mm-hmm. And I think that's the problem that most people have because if I just set a home and... Um, you know, I'm the pastor, so I'm, I'm sure I've got I got more outreach gave to me than most normal people do if they have their family or friends around them. I can see where it'd be very easily if something happened to you and you didn't have a life group or you didn't have a bunch of friends, and then you get detached from the church and you weren't really connected, then and you're sitting there in this bitterness and what was me and I'm angry with God that yeah you could really find yourself angry at everybody now and then if somebody from the church comes to check on you see it they're angry at god say you're getting ready to get it Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. you're getting ready to get it because deep down inside there's a there's something there that needs to be taken care of um i want to talk about that for a second here jeremiah because um i think that there's this with some people i think there's this misconception that needs to be cleared cleared up we've talked a little bit about it that if I am, um, if I have bitterness, and, and I like the way that you put it, Jeff, in that second point, that it can become deeply rooted in our lives. And especially if you're, going back to what you said earlier, Jeremiah, if you're an unbeliever, right? Say you're an unbeliever um, and you've got deep-rooted bitterness because of, maybe because of the root of bitterness, right? But you've also got this deep bitterness seated in you. You've, you've, you've had this ain't these anger issues for a while or... Or whatever, right? Or you've had this this sort of um, bad attitude, or, or or whatever you want to call it, for a while because of bad circumstances. Maybe you were uh, emotionally abused or physically abused um, by someone that you trusted. You were betrayed. Uh, maybe you were even betrayed by somebody who was supposedly from the church. But suddenly, you get. Um, you come to church, someone introduces you to Jesus, and man, it just opens up your eyes. And you, you, know, you, you see how much God really loves you, and, and so you come and you surrender your life to Him in faith. And then you expect, in that moment, when you, um, when you come to that altar and you give your heart, to, heart and life to Jesus... Um, that everything is going to be okay now, right? That all the bitterness is just going to go away because my, my roots change now, right? Um, but that doesn't happen. Um, and, 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 and does that mean that it didn't take? Does that mean that, that, that oh, I didn't, I didn't really change my root? Um, why is it that, that, uh, that my emotional scars, my emotional baggage, my, my back, those attitudes of bitterness why are they not going to just automatically disappear the moment that I get my root fixed? Yeah, and I think it's just because of the, I mean, to use plants and the agrarian thing, like your life, what we believe about sin is that it starts small and begins to spread, mm-hmm. right? And it's like weeds. It, it gets all tangled up. And, and you've been living apart from a relationship with God, apart from a, from the solid root source mm-hmm. forever. And on the, on the surface in your circumstances, you're just so tangled in weeds and it's all looking bad. And what I know, I, I do work at a garden center. And what I know is, is that even though we can fix your circumstances or, or sorry, we can fix, we can fix the root problem. If, if you don't, um, uh, I'm too focused on the agrarian thing. But, <laughs> but I mean, it's just like with plants, 
there, there can be a problem in the root and, and the surface could look perfect. Mm-hmm. And I know this happens all the time at the garden center. We're looking at a plant. We're like, we fixed all of its circumstances. It has the right sun. It has the right water. Uh, it has the right soil. There's no weeds that we can see. So on the surface, it's like this plant should be doing great. But then when you pull the roots out, you see you see that it has root rot, or you mm-hmm. see that oh it it didn't take into the soil correctly. It's just it doesn't have the nutrients it needs down there or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so you see the problem under the surface, um, and it kind of works both ways. There could be there there's there's the sin. It just it it, it affects both of them. It affects mm-hmm. the surface, mm-hmm. affects your circumstances, mm-hmm. and affects the root problem. And what we're saying is is that. Until you 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 fix the root problem, it doesn't matter about your circumstances. Mm-hmm. But also, what you, to your point, that just because you fix the root problem underneath doesn't mean automatically all the all the circumstances around and and the your your atmosphere and all that stuff. It doesn't mean that it's not still going to choke you out sometimes and right. and take some time to crawl through that. Right. And in general. I just think that there's too much of this, this like in our culture, but maybe I'll just talk about America. There's too much of this culture of I can take a pill and fix it immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just all, it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what people promise all the time is mm-hmm. if you do this, you take this one pill, it'll fix it immediately. Yeah. And with Christianity, I mean, you've been you've been wallowing in sin your entire life in bitterness. You've let it kind of overtake things. That's not going to fix itself overnight, right? Your relationships with your family and your relationships with with coworkers, and it's just you've you've seeded things, and it's just and some of those things are good. You don't want them to to go away overnight, right? Um, and so. It's it's both ways. Um, we want the good to stay to stick around. We want the bad to go away overnight, and it just it doesn't work that way. The Christianity is about a lifetime. It's it things just take time. Patience yes. is not just a virtue. Patience is a fruit of the spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think we just not patient enough. Yeah, I agree. We're patient with ourselves. We're like, oh God, thank you for spending twenty years getting me to this <laughs> yeah. this point. But when I look at someone else, like I have a new believer in the youth group, I, I'm not. I can't expect them to do what God to do took 20 years of my life to take 20 seconds in their life. Right. That, I mean, it's just correct. a time. It's a. It, it is, and it's funny, you know, those people who expect that, those people who expect that. Why, why am I still? Why am I still dealing with um, with these anger issues? Why am I still dealing with these these same temptations that I had before I became a Christian? Right. Did, did, you know, clearly my roots still not fixed. But the, the the thing that you don't that nobody ever thinks about, or why am I still why am I still dealing with all the emotional baggage right that I had? Why isn't that gone away? And you're right, it takes patience, it takes time. In the same way, you, you wouldn't expect, for instance, somebody who was you know, uh, you know, if you if you, if you were uh, if you had a bad heart um, and had diabetes and um, you know were I don't know, 400 pounds overweight or something like that, and you came to the altar to get saved, you wouldn't expect all of a sudden the moment you stand up that your heart is a better heart, that you've lost all the diabetes and that you're, you know, you know, you're right 180. Yeah, you're way 180 now. It, that doesn't, it doesn't work that way. And nobody would expect it to work that way. And yet it's funny, Jeff, that when it comes to emotional, emotional scars, emotional issues, um, that people do expect that. They expect this easy... Easy fix, quick fix. That that like, why are my emotional problems gone? Well, for the same reason yeah. that your physical, it takes time. And I think part of the problem too is the, an effort. The the people that get the uh, glory on their salvation stories are typically the ones that are these instantaneous, my life changed completely, and those happen. But I think they're the rarity. Yeah, I do too. But they're the ones that get the spotlight. Yeah. It's kind of like when, when I was in seminary, they always brought these big mega church preachers every time we had a chapel. And you're like, nobody can relate to these people. Yeah, yeah. Put some people on there that are in a smaller church that's dealing with things that, that these people are going to be dealing with. Yeah. And so it's the same way. I mean, we put all these people up there and, and the TVs are full of them and 
churches are full of them and and we we, we get the instantaneous story and i yeah. was healed and it's like this glorious thing and like well if it happened to them why can't it happen to me yeah and if it doesn't happen to me then what's wrong with me what's wrong with me that's right and so then if i'm going to give up then the 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 root is just going to entangle me even more but if i'm mm-hmm. like okay it's jeremiah can tell you um you know, I used the example of when we were little kids, we had to go out and pull up all these weeds. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, if we didn't, the corn wasn't going to grow. Mm-hmm. And so maybe the roots and all, it's not necessarily things in your life now, but it's other areas and other weeds and other people maybe that you kind of have to pull up around you and yeah. get out of it. So. And let's talk a little bit about that. Let's move up to well, the, and that's the thing well, about, go ahead. With the stories. <laughs> I love, I love people having a testimony and I love people telling their story but it seems like when you hear someone's story you just heard a two minute story of a 40 year journey yeah and it seems like when you hear that story you're like oh it was instantaneous but when you ask those people I would say that there's nobody who has that instantaneous turnaround they might have like one area of their life that was that was an instantaneous turnaround which helped things go easier like so if you're addicted to something and somehow you 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 come to christ and that becomes your motivation for stopping that and then it of course affects tons of other areas because we know how addiction works Mm -hmm. addiction works the same way all sin works we just we call one sin we call one addiction they're pretty much the same it's a root on steroids (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. but like you hear because I know one person who has a very dynamic testimony, but the more I talk to them, the more I realize, oh, it wasn't instantaneous. Like, you just told me a two-minute story of your 40-year life, and it and it sounds like it's instantaneous to me, but you going through it probably thought it it would have went faster. Mm. Um, but it, it just takes time. Yeah, no, I, um, I, I like that. Um, so let's talk in this, this last segment here guys of our podcast let's talk a little bit about the third point because i think it's important as well and and that's this a lot of times and this goes back we've had we've said this so many times before on the podcast but it bears saying again bears discussion again a lot of times that we think that our problems are just our problems that my problems my my bitter fruit Mm. is really just affecting me um, that it's affecting my relationship with God, and I need to deal with it, sure, but you need to stay out of it, and, and don't worry about, you know, what's going on with me, Blake. Uh, you just stay in Blake, you stay over there in Blake's side of the world, and I'll stay over here in Jonathan's side of the world, and we'll be okay that way. But then what, what Jeff pointed out in this third point of his message um, on Sunday is that um, this this last line of Hebrews twelve fifteen and by this many become defiled, and I think the point that he was trying to make is that um, the point that he said is that bitterness like can spread toxicity in our into our relationships with others. That it's not an isolated thing. That when I allow bitter fruit in my life, it doesn't just feed bitterness back to me but i'm literally feeding bitterness to other people yeah and and that's where you have to be very very careful to contain it and deal with it right away as with as as best as you can because if you're bitter at somebody you want to i mean if we're just being honest you want other people to be bitter at them for you and uh you're going to do your best to be bitter you know try to help other people be bitter at them and then you mm-hmm. then you're then you're looking at them as the enemy when really the person who maybe have has offended you or something you got to realize that he or she is not the enemy and uh scripture's clear that you know it's a flesh and principalities and all that that's really the enemy uh yeah i mean you can do a lot of damage when you're bitter and you're really not doing anybody else a favor you're definitely not doing you a favor right and and even if you do go into isolation because you are bitter people are going to miss you people are going to people are going to wonder like hey what's going on and uh you know you cause a disconnect in friendships that way too and some things like that so bitterness uh kind of like in the kids talk i use is kind of like poison oak poison ivy it can if you're not careful you can spread it all across your body and mm-hmm. and um but with that one 
with poison oak, poison oak, whatever, you want that one spot. You want to focus on that one spot mm-hmm. and get rid of that one spot so it doesn't spread. Yeah, I think about, I think about like, a, I love at this time of year, uh, I love going to the grocery store and getting those fresh strawberries, right? Oh, yeah. in, the, in, the, in the plastic cartons, mm-hmm. you know, at Harris Teeter or wherever. And the first thing I always do when I go to buy strawberries from the grocery store is I pick it up and I look at the bottom of it because I know that if there's a bad strawberry in there that's got white mold all over it, what's going to happen? It's going to spread. Every single spray. strawberry that touches that strawberry is going to get mold on it. And before long, and, and it won't take long, even in my refrigerator, for my entire batch of strawberries <laughs> to go back quickly. Yeah. And so it's better to get a, a batch of strawberries that the plastic container of strawberries that I don't see any white in at all. Or if I do see any bad spots, it's clearly isolated to just this one area because yeah, because you can take it out when you get home and you wash it off. Yeah, yeah, right. So, but and I think I think of the church, I think of the local body of believers is kind of like that batch of strawberries. I think Jeff, in some ways, that that when you've got uh, someone who's been eaten up by bitterness, the fact of the matter is, is we God wants us to be unified and to be close to one another. It's, I know it's hard to think of closeness now because we're in a post-COVID world. So now we think of separation, unfortunately. And I think it's going to be a while before we like the idea of being packed in tight with one another. But emotionally, we're supposed to be packed in tight like those strawberries are, right? Where one is touching the other, is touching the other, is touching the other. We're, we're supposed to be tight packed like that. And the Bible actually sort of not sort of, it does. It, it, it indicates that if one part of my body is bad, then, then my whole body suffers. Um, so if, if one part of us um, is, is dealing with bitterness um, of, of heart and, and uh, is dealing with bitter fruit, then it's not going to be in isolation, Jeff. It's going to have an effect on, the, on the, uh, the effectiveness of the local body, of the whole local body of believers. Yeah. Yeah. Um. It's just going to spread. I mean, like, if, if I, uh, well, we've seen it here. I mean, let's see. She's anger. I mean, that list was bitterness, rage, anger. So let's say I come in one day and this has happened. So this is confession. And I'm just, man, I'm just really ticked off and bitter and angry about something that happened to me. Yeah. And we're having some meeting or discussion and I hadn't really let go of it. And all of a sudden it just comes out. Uh-huh. Then all of a sudden it's, you know, it's spread, and you like if you don't take care of it and say, "Look, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to lose my cool. I shouldn't have done that." Um, you know, I've got something going on in my life. You know, I hope you guys pray for me or whatever. Then it's going to spread. Yeah. And so, unfortunately, you know, what happens in the church? Somebody is full of bitterness or something like that, and they're constantly it's being manifested. And the answer to a lot of people, well, that's just so and so. They're that way. When you do it that way, then you've never really dealt with it, and that's just going to continue to spread, continue to get worse. And so I think that's why Paul was trying to tell tell people, like you know, you if you see bitterness, all this stuff, it's really for you to look at your life and examine your own heart and go, okay, fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, bitter, angry, rage. Uh, I'm not in the fruit. I'm not in the spirit right now. I've got to check my own life. Yeah. Uh, so often we use it to check other people's lives, but I think it's more for us to check our own lives first to get rid of the bitterness and the stuff that may be growing in our lives. Right. So then we can help other people in their lives too. Like mm-hmm. the, the you know the plank guy, get the plank out of your eye first. Yeah. Yeah. So it's always meant for that first, for us to do our own self-examination of our own heart before we can actually go try to help somebody else. Because then we have to be honest and say, look, I was bitter about this. This happened to me in my life. This is what I went through. This is how God got me to the point where I was able to get, <coughs> let go of it and move on. That's what it. That's what we're supposed to be about. Yeah. So, but if I cut myself off, I can't. I'm not with you anymore to to learn from you and, and or if I go through it and I don't really share it, then we're not really helping each other. Anymore. Right. So knowing Jeremiah that we don't sin in isolation, but we sin in relationship. Mm-hmm. Right, um, our, we we sin in re- we always sin in relationship. We sin in relationship with God. We certainly sin in relationship with others. There's never an instance where we're sinning in isolation because that that's a myth. I think. I think the idea is is that um, whenever I have sin, it's always going to impact a relationship. It'll, mm-hmm. all, it'll always impact some relationship. What 
even if it's just my relationship with God, but I think it's almost always going to impact my other relationships as well. So knowing that, let me ask you a question. Um, and, and knowing how the church, how the church is supposed to be, um, and using my strawberry example, mm-hmm. if 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 I'm a healthy strawberry and I see another strawberry that's got <laughs> that's got mold on it and stuff, um, should I should I do something? Should I should I point that out? Well, should... that's what I was going to point out. Actually, I think it, I, I, humans are just we're so interesting. I don't. I don't get why we do certain things, mm-hmm. but for the for those, and I think I've been there. I think I've thought I can sin and it doesn't affect anyone else. Right. It, it doesn't. It's my sin. I've got to deal with it, but it's only affecting me. It's kind of, but with the same thought, almost thought process. It's only the negative things that we say that about. Right. But when I do something positive, I'm like, oh, that affected other people. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Impact. Yeah, yeah like yeah. when I love, well, first off, you can't really love unless there's something else that you're loving. Something external right, from yes. you. And I, so I know that's a little different. You're doing kind acts. You're, you're being, but I mean, like when I'm patient, don't, don't you think that affects people around me? Mm-hmm. And not just being patient with someone else, but just being patient in mm-hmm. general. Uh, I know it affects my family, like v- virtues affect my family, but we, we like to think about, oh, vices, they don't, they don't affect my family, it's mm-hmm. just me. But you want your virtues to, to affect others around you, and you want that to spread. Mm-hmm. Everyone says you should spread love, everyone, um, Christian or not. And so, uh, yeah, to, to go to that discussion of like, do, do you sin in isolation? Well, no. Do you do you do virtues in isolation? No, and we we want one without the other, but mm-hmm. but we're trying to say no. You, it's both and. But also, should I, as someone who's being virtuous, what you said, where I'm the good strawberry, right? <laughs> I look good, taste good, right? Should I be able to point out to to someone else? I mean, yeah, there's a loving way to do it. And if you're going to be that virtuous, (laughs) but you got to also understand like, dude, I've been there. I've let that, I've let that disease overcome before I've seen it happen to others. I I see what's happening in your life. I've, I've been there myself. Um, So you can out of experience say, look, dude, I'm a human too. You let that bitterness keep welling up inside of you. It's going to end in bad, bad ways. Yeah. You let that name a sin well up inside of you. It's going to entangle you and take you over. And I think, dude, I think this goes to how much God loves us. We always like to talk about how, how much God loves us. We think that God gives us rules because he doesn't love us. But I think God gives us rules because he knows how bad sin affects us. Mm. He knows that yeah. sin is going to ruin us. Mm-hmm. And so if God can say, hey, look, you shouldn't do that. As his children, I think we could do the same thing because, because it's out of love. Mm-hmm. Give, I give my children rules because it's out of love. Right. I show my students and I show other church members, look, hey, you shouldn't do that. But I'm doing so out of love because I know that sin ruins us. And if you, James straight up tells us, dude, sin starts small, but then it'll well up inside of you and, and it eventually it leads to death. I mean, it's just, it's just this progression of sin that just, it's like weeds overtaking a garden. It's just, it starts small. And I know this at the garden center, we see one weed, we're like, ah, eh, not a big deal. But next week we're like, do you see three, four weeds? We're like, ah. We got to take care of that because it's going to kill my plant. Right. And it's this, I think it's the same thing with humans, like we, with sin. And, and it's a loving act to say, look, if you don't deal with that sin, if you don't deal with the root problem of that sin, it's going to ruin you. But I think key to that is we have to almost, key to that is being close, close together, right? Key to that is, oh, yeah. key, key to that is, is, uh, I have to be in the same container as you, right? Yeah. I have to I have to be close knit with you because if it's a part of the strawberry example, if I'm a virtuous strawberry but I'm not in the I'm nowhere near you, I'm in a totally different bucket over here and I'm over here pointing at your stuff, you're not going to listen to me. Yeah. But if I'm in the same bucket as you, you know, we're in this together and and there's this unity among us. It's like you have to earn the right to speak. A friend of mine and I used to say this all the time. You have to earn the right to speak truth to someone, right? 
Um, you earn that right. And you, the way you earn it is you do life together. You, you, you stay close together. You worship together. You have this love for one another. You know, if you're there for me, dude, when, when I'm going through something rough and then when, when, um, and, and you open your life up to me and you say, Hey, um, I'm dealing with this, with this sin in my life right now. I need you to pray for me. Then whenever the sin is in my life and you notice it and you say, Hey, I just want to talk to you about this. I'm going to be more open to listening to you at that point than if you and I had never had that relationship with each other. If you just come out of nowhere and come to start talking to me about sin that you see in my life, I'm going to tune you out real fast. But if I have a relationship with you, if I'm in the same bucket as you and I really feel like, yeah, you care about me. You really do love me. Um, and there's a Christian love between us, that's different. And I'm more willing to listen, I think, um, and more willing to try and adjust whatever it is that's in my life that is causing. Because now I don't want to hurt you, right? And I don't want to hurt other people. Um, this is the mindset we're supposed to have. And I think this is the mind of Christ. It's just that yeah. um, that takes work. That takes effort. It's not easy. And patience. And patience. That's right. All right. So listen, um, that's going to do it for today. Um, we've, um, we're out of time. Um, but next uh, Monday, I think we're going to meet together next Monday as long as everything goes well. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll be talking about our because uh, this Sunday is, is Mother's, Mother's Day. Day, and so I know you're looking at a Mother's Day sort of themed message. Yeah, um, lesson lesson of flowers. So we're going to stay so we're gonna agricultural, more, more agrarian stuff uh, next week. Psalm one hundred three. In case you didn't get enough of 15 that, fifteen through eighteen. Uh, in case you didn't get enough agrarianism, <laughs> you'll get plenty of that next. Next main point, which hopefully again will be on Monday. Thanks for tuning into this one. Have a happy Mother's Day and uh, also a uh, happy um, Star Wars Day if you're listening to this on May the fourth. Um, it's been a pleasure to be with you. Uh, if you ha- have any questions, shout about- out to Doug. <laughs> That's right, Doug, Doug Royal is our, our our local Star Wars guy. But um, if you have any questions about anything we talk about here on the podcast, please feel free to email us at rosbcpastors. It's plural with an s on the end. Rosbcpastors at gmail.com. Uh, we would love to hear from you and love to hear your thoughts on any or, or your questions on anything we've talked about today. That's going to do it for today, folks. You all have a wonderful rest of your day or week, and we'll see you on the next one. So long.